Ibrahim, good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Good, uh, good to be here with you. Yeah. What, what do you understand the district development model to be? Well, it was uh, you know, first spoken of Cocta uh, about uh, three or four years ago, and uh, Ramaphosa, our president in particular, as you know, last year and into this year, been increasingly referring uh, to the district development model. And quite honestly, I think he knows little of what he's speaking about. I'm making it very clear that uh, Ramaphosa does not know. He does not know the basic services, struggles, and the issues in townships. Um, I am I'm making that bold claim here in public. Yeah. And neither does Kokta, the minister, know. Let me tell you, you see, uh, this guy writes a piece also here in uh, news, uh, Russell Valoy, a senior consultant, no wonder. He sings the praises. He's probably well paid of uh, the uh, district development model. In it, he makes the false claims that the district development model, well, you know, it's a it's a reflection rather that that is particularly geared towards uh, a shift towards accommodating the needs of small towns. And then he speaks about reversing the systematic marginalization of black business in uh, townships and so on. Really, a very confusing, and I'm also a columnist, News 24, a very confusing uh, uh, piece. And uh, I had hoped that uh, you would invite him to, to this debate, you know, so that mm. we could hear him defend this line. You see, there's a whole lot of confusion. I mean, he, he refers to gay and Afrisa, a sort of neoliberal macroeconomic uh, frameworks which started in 1996, uh, uh, first gay, and then thereafter. Different versions, uh, but uh, essentially the same uh, sort of neoliberal macroeconomic framework, you know. And you can see the results where we are in this country today with the worst ever socioeconomic crisis. It just tells you also why, for example, the ANC doesn't. It talks of renewal and it fails to its members and society at last to explain what happened to the RDP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what happened to the RDP? They shut the office in uh, March uh, 1996. Three months later, gear came up. What happened to the progressive provisions of the Freedom Charter? How can you talk about so, the renewal yeah, you know, and let's... now this MDM? Yeah. You see, if, the, if those things were implemented, you wouldn't even have this MDM. If you look at the provisions of both the RDP and, and the, the relevant ones in the Freedom Charter, we would not be in this situation in South Africa. We actually abandoned it and now comes with this new MDM. No, uh, really, uh, we'll see how the debate goes. Yeah. But I think there are very serious limitations and problems, you know. Uh, what Paloy doesn't address, you know, my... my, my can, can, can we pause there? Can we, can, yeah, okay. Ib- Ibrahim, let's pause there. Let's rewind a little bit. Let's start okay. with the basic rudimentary stuff. What was the district development model meant to achieve? Well, it was meant to achieve what I said now. You know, uh, it's more structuralist in orientation, to my mind, than, than if any fundamental shift away from the neoliberal policies that have governed the provision of basic services in townships. And you can see, starting in... Uh, in uh, in 2004 June, we had an unstoppable avalanche of black township protests. It's it's almost 20 years. It never stopped. It's the worst with the protest capital of the world. You know, it's really a jive what the ANC is doing. I mean, uh, we have a constitution on the one hand purportedly be, to be amongst the best in the world, and alongside that constitution, the biggest, the worst. Uh, 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 you know, uh, inequalities in the world and the protest capital of the world. Now, 
what you needed really is a reversal. A reversal of why? Where do you think? Uh, you see this thing called the commercialization, corporatization, and commodification. The triple C. Oh, Ibrahim, your line. Ibrahim, I'm going to pause you there. I'm going to see if we, your line is just failing us there a little bit. I'm going to see if we can get you onto a better line. Load shedding does that to to our telephone line. Uh, oh. we, we, we can't hear you there too well. So I'm going to I'll put you back to Kanye and see if we can get you on a better line. Give us a call if you have a reflection or a comment on this conversation. 86 0 2032 That is the number to dial. Part of the criticism that Ibrahim offers around the district development model pertains to... Uh, you know, a comparative to other things that exist that govern municipalities, such as, for instance, the Municipal Structures Act uh, is, is, is a piece of legislature that operates in that space that's meant to uh, govern the at least how services are delivered at a municipal level. The Municipal Systems Act is another such piece of, of legislative uh, framework that is used for the provision of basic services. Um, but the district development model seems to be an, an approach that integrates all of these different pieces of legislatures and policy to bring to to bring to bear t- together coordination of some sort. Um, Ibrahim, do we have you back? Yes. Oh, perfect. Much, 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 much better. Uh, like yes. I said, do we have that level of coordination? But what you see, you you have to uh, clarify coordination of what. You know, there are lots of things going on in the townships, but if you talk of coordination, which is what the thrust of any talk of coordination uh, should be about, is to coordinate uh, the provision of basic services much better. Yeah. But you're not dealing, the biggest problem is not the structure. You have to ask yourself, where does city power come from? Mm. Where does Pick It Up come from? Where does Joburg Water come from? Let me tell you what the ANC did upon the advice and, in fact, insistence of the World Bank officials who were in the city from the time Mandela was released, invited the ANC officials to Washington all over. What they did was they stopped. You see, the under apartheid, the jo- let me use Joburg as an example. They had your water and sanitation department, electricity department, etc. And they were working splendidly well. The only thing was that they provided services to, to white people and not to black. What the ANC did, instead of continuing and expanding that infrastructure and services, it collapsed it. It collapsed it in every, it closed it, shut it down. And in its place, it formed these arms length corporate uh, municipal u- utilities, Jova Water, City Power, Pick It Up, etc., etc. And that is where the problem begins. And Ramaphosa and the NC don't want to understand it. They have never responded once to, I mean, countless platforms I've raised this. Never have they re- That is where the problem begins. And if you can do research into corruption, it, you go and see, you won't look far. It's these corporatized utilities where a lot of corruption uh, and mismanagement has occurred. And I so, believe so, there's a correlation between the corporatization of these utilities, their commercialization, and the corruption that has flowed out. This, Zondo didn't go, you see, Zondo looked at SOEs. But let me tell you, I've said it in my columns already, if Zondo had to turn to municipalities, local government, it will probably be even worse than mm. what is uncovered at the SOE level. 
Yeah. So, so what is the alternative to corporatization and commercialization of state utilities, especially at the coalface of delivering services at a municipal level? What is the what's the alternative? A centralized? No, uh, they should have continued. They should have continued. Can I tell you what Mashaba did when Mashaba he was in touch with me on emails? Let me tell you now what he did. Mashaba, when he came in in 2016. I was on the board of the Johannesburg Development Agency, and I know this. Mashaba actually seen where the problem lied. He wanted to take collapse all these utilities and take it back into the city of Johannesburg as departments as it existed before, electricity, water, and the ANC were in the forefront of stopping and fighting against it. I think he abandoned the fight. It never pursued. Yeah. But it was a big goal of his, and why would he? So you know what? That is why once you you see uh, uh, corporatization and uh, 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 this is their forms of privatization that is occurring here. So, so you, although Joburg municipality will say no, Joburg water belongs to the city. Speak it up. No, you see above and beyond that is that they've altered the form of the this the delivery of the service from the. Uh, the municipal-based yeah. departments, as existed, uh, indicated to what is now corporate. They registered under the Companies Act. It has altered the nature of the service because part of it is to be profitable. Uh, cost recovery is emphasized in the provision of services. And there you can see what has come out of it. That's why they even did away with the 6,000 liters that was uh, universally provided. They yeah. did away with the 6,000 liters of well, water to, to well, now. You only get water if you're registered as an indigent. It's a very stigmatizing and demeaning process. It's why it's had a low take-up when it should have a high take-up because there's so many unemployed people, poor people in the townships. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't have a low take-up. When I interviewed the former uh, mayor of the city of Johannesburg, she said that, it, that the take-up is actually quite high and they do road shows on it and more and more people are coming forward and taking it up. But I, I, I concede your point. No. That it's it's stigmatizing and demeaning and often dehumanizing because the uh, you know the performance of poverty is 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 not a pleasant thing to participate in or even to just witness and that's what they're subjecting people to to perform their poverty in order to access basic services. But I I, I want to ask you this question, Ibrahim, uh, because I think this is critically important when you juxtapose it to what you just said around the corporatization of 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 state utility of of u- municipal utilities. Do you, part of the reasoning behind it is that what you're effect, effectively doing is professionalizing service delivery because now you have qualified CEOs and CFOs and engineers uh, running these. You have better oversight because you have professionals sitting on these boards of these agencies. And what that means is that you will result in better service delivery. When it functions as departments within the municipal office, uh, it is under political leadership and therefore under under the machinations of political manipulation. And therefore, it compromises service delivery uh, if you have it centralized in a, in a municipal office as a department functioning therein. Uh, the corporatization, they argue, is professionalizing it. What's your response to that? No, it's an inherently false argument. Firstly, you must go and see how, how it worked, uh, except that it was under apartheid, racism, etc., and black people not got these services. worked very well 
it worked in the white suburbia and the places where services delivered splendidly. White people had amongst the best municipal services in the world. You got to hear this. This is how the Nationalist Party took care, including uh, working class and the middle, white middle class. But I think the falsity of what you're suggesting is this: that now with post-apartheid South Africa and the corporatization of utilities, <laughs> that created employment. And not placing people who have the necessary skills in these positions uh, it has not happened. No. What do you think has happened with Joburg Waters, City Power, all this? You, the ANC skaters yeah. on the, are on these boards. So you, you see, it's not true what you're saying. You know, I sat on the Johannesburg Development Agency board. I was the only yeah. person who was not ANC. All of them were ANC. Okay, so, so another, another question that I want you to consider here, Ibrahim, is... Uh, your 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 comparison to to the centralized model and the apartheid, right? And say, well, it worked just that it was an inherently evil system because it provided only to one group of people and not to the other. Did it not perhaps work because there were just a bigger concentration of resources? Not that the model, the function, the system was inherently uh, great. It's just that there were enough resources to oversupply to one section of people that under any model, as soon as you have a democratic duty to provide to all, no matter the model, the resource constraint will make any model collapse. No, no. The question of model is very important. You see, you're perhaps not familiar with the academic debates around public versus private. Private takes the form of corporatization, commercialization, commodification, etc. Wherein you will only get a service to the extent that you can pay for it. If not, in, in indigency, and uh, I've told you now what, what has been happening. And it's untrue what you say that people are saying that there's a high take-up. There's a low take-up. You must measure it in relation to the number of people who are poor and unemployment. If you use that objective yardstick to measure, you will see it's very low. But it's got to do with public service. So under apartheid, it was public, except that black people were excluded. They should have. But they, you must remember also the World Bank was in and out of South Africa. They pushed these models. Even Khalema Motlanti, whose biography I wrote, told me, Brian, it's not the ANC. Like prepaid water meters, he says the ANC has never adopted at its policy conference ever any prepaid meters. This is him. I've got it down in, in the, this is why I quote him in the 2012 book. So I'm trying to say, this was the agenda of the World Bank. They shoved it down the throats of these unsophisticated, largely ignorant. What did they know? What did the ANC people who took office in 1994 know about a whole range of things about governance, etc.? And they duped these ANC officials into the belief that these corporatized entities are going to deliver. And there, I've just told you now, we're the protest capital of the world, man. Okay, what so would... what that should tell you, I mean, what a disaster it's been. And that's why the black townships are plunged today into the worst crisis they have ever been. I knew the black townships. I walked in and out. They were so, far so... better off. Who can believe that under apartheid, you never had the total mess, sewage running down the streets, etc. It's a total mess. Okay, so, so, so consider this then. under apartheid. Not at all. There was order. So, so... There was a lot of problems with infrastructure, but... Today, the mess is indescribably worse in the black town. So, so, so consider the following, Ibrahim. What happens in your model, in your mind, if Riavaya now suddenly becomes the direct function 
of the MMC of transport and not a CEO of uh, the company? Well, you know, the thing is, uh, these are all, you, you have to understand the business models, I I essentially, even Riyav, that, that you mentioned now, that project and every other project, it grew out of the Egoli 2002. You must go back to the 1999 Egoli 2002 to, to begin to see, uh, that's where the roots of the, the Joburg water, the city uh, pick it up, etc. lied. They, they thought that if they do this, people will pay. You see, there was this, they said, a culture of non-payment in the townships. They didn't know what to do. They thought if they go these corporatized ways, make it a business, like it's going to force, just look at the debt of ESCOM. Just look at the people are unable, not unwilling to pay. It's a mess. Unemployment is at the worst levels ever. So the thing that you're not paying enough attention to is the whole question of what corporatization, commercialization, the different forms of privatization. You see, you see, like Joburg Water, they, they argued with me. They said, no, including the former Minister of Water, Ronnie Kestrels, it's, 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 it's public. No, that is why Joburg Water is registered. It's a prerequisite under the company's so, act. So, so, so again, let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's pause again because I need to circle you back to the core of the question. It could be any agency. I, I randomly picked out Riavaya. It really could be any. It could be Joburg Water. It could be jo the, uh, yeah. the Johannesburg uh, Roads Agency. It could really be any agency. Yeah. If it were under the direct control and decision-making of the MMC in that relevant department, what happens? Because a culture of non-payment is not going to fall away, right? Water isn't suddenly going to become free to people. People will still have to pay for water. Electricity doesn't become free. People still will have to buy from City Power. What happens? No, you see what? That's why they've been clamoring for what they call the flat rate. And now it's back in Soweto now the call for a flat rate. Is that you can't, you see, once you come with that prescription, you, you're imposing this model on people. How can poor people, this is, remember, the apartheid era left a whole massive legacy of poverty, uh, unemployment, etc. That is the legacy which made it so difficult for people to pay. And that is why they came with this model, because they thought if they go the business route, people will have to pay. You know what? It is terribly inhumane. Just think about it. Deny people water electricity the most basic human needs because they're unable to pay and you're going to ask what, what? why is there such huge unemployment in this country because of the neoliberal policies the ANC pursued from 1996 when gay was adopted what I, again you can't I, ignore that whole background and then sh sharply raise questions as you know about the bus service yeah. etc you've got to look at yeah, that I, history I, that laid the basis for what's happened in Joburg, for example i what i'm trying to get to really is an understanding of the ideological base uh that that underpins each of these different models right and what motivates the other supports the other uh i understand for instance in the corporatization it's a capitalist model that underpins that Pay for what you yes. use is what they often yes. say, right? Uh, but many people can't pay or can't afford to pay. The question is, what is it the alternative that people should not pay? And then what then 
is the justification for that. And that's the argument I want you to make. But I want us to take a quick break. Okay. I want you to give me a call. 086-000-2032. Triple zero two zero three two. That is the number to dial. You can also send us a WhatsApp voice note on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. C point Gabeja, I'll be coming to you very, very shortly on the other side of this. I also have a couple of voice notes I do want us to play. It's half past eleven. Dineo Mutaung has your headlines. Across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. Give us a call, 86 0 86 0 I'm going to come to you very shortly. Ibrahim, I want you to give consideration to the question I then ask. Again, okay. I, I rephrase it as, what does the right. alternative look like? Does it yes. mean, as far as basic services are concerned, no one is supposed to pay for them? They're just supposed to be provided, funded by, I guess, the fiscus, right? That water and electricity, yeah. sewer removal, yeah. uh, bus services, yeah, yeah. or, or yeah, any yeah, public yeah, transport yeah. system just has to be provided off of what is available in the fiscus and that it not sh- should not be paid for as an additional service you use. Yeah, you see, you're not familiar with the RDP. The RDP called for decommodification of basics, so you are entitled and allowed. You can go look at the provisions of the electricity, water, etc. We're not talking, we're talking about where people can verifiably show that they, for example, unemployed. They don't have any means of income. So how can you deny poor people, especially given the racist apartheid history? They expected there'll be fundamental changes after 1994. In fact, do you know that under apartheid, they never had prepaid meters? The ANC knew that they they banned prepaid meters in Britain. The Mbeki and they were all in uh, in exile there, and still they forced prepaid meters down the throats of people in South Africa. It so, was banned in Britain. So, so your model let me says come to your question. It's the answer is cross subsidization. Okay. It is where the wealthy, the rich areas. But look what they did in 1997. The Santon rate They took a stand to oppose. The cost subsidization. This is what the approach of the social movements have been for over two decades, is that the rich areas, the middle class and wealthy who consume hedonistic amounts of water, for example, luxury, the amounts is staggering. You won't believe it in Joburg, how much water people consume compared to this, the miserable amounts of water that people consume, 10 to 15 or 20 most cases in the townships. And... It's uh, water follows money. Water follows class. You got no problem. You can have huge amounts of water if you can pay for it. So the social movements cause will call for the cross subsidization of a decent amount. Say, for example, water, uh, a twenty liter. But but you know, I, I, just just to, just to pause a, you there, just to pause you there, isn't the cross subsidization model just the indigent program by a different name? No, no, no. The cross-subsidization has got nothing. This indigenous thing is a stinking mess. I'm telling you, don't let them mislead you about it. But the cross-subsidization was inherently, profoundly just and fair. It said that people who could afford to and were hedonistic consumers, for example, water were rich, wealthy. And, you know, like, for example, most of them would be based in Johannesburg. And look at the fight of the Stanton Ratepayers Association, 1997, uh, basically saying to hell with it. They, they uh, refused to cross-subsidize, uh, I think, the Soweto and other areas. But it's, you know what, it flows out of 
a constitutional democracy that is not bent on demanding payments from people who are unable to, by the sheer weight of the poverty and unemployment that grips their lives, okay. to so, pay for services. So let's compare. So they reach so, out to cross subsidize the the working class areas, you know. Yeah. And so people. yeah, let's 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 compare it again. So now we're getting clearer. Cross subsidization looks like this and this is obviously reductionist but it's it, at its core it looks like this you live in a high income area you have a big swimming pool you fill up your pool with a lot of water uh you guys pay you guys are a high earning area let's say let's call you santon the people of santon has to cross subsidize the people of the neighboring township alexander that's yeah, what cross subsidization okay. looks like right yeah. yes i i completely get it and that really is a just model. But consider the following model that says, well, we realize that some people in Alexander can afford to pay for water, and so we think they should. And yes. therefore, we should differentiate that by saying, if you're a resident of Alexander, come and tell us you can't afford for water, and we will give you free water. We will check that you really can't by seeing that you're unemployed. But should you have yeah. a job and means to be able to pay for water, we think you should pay for water even if you live in a low-income area, poverty-stricken, like Alexander. That not everybody in Alexander would be cross-subsidized by the people living in the affluent areas, like Santon and Bryanston, for instance. Is that not, again, the indigent program by a different name? Well, you know, it's it's not that, you know, you, you're talking now about a, a tariff structure, a cross-subsidized tariff structure that would, for example, say, you know, for example, just rough example, the first 10 kiloliters of water uh, free and then anything subsequently higher, you know, you would pay proportionately higher rates for any greater consumption. But, uh, you know, I'm not suggesting, because I think you seem to think that I am, that if you're living in Alex, that you necessarily, you could live in Alex and be pretty wealthy off and have a couple of businesses, you know, yeah. and be able to pay for, for water and electricity. And indeed, you should pay, I believe. So I'm not saying that. But, and I agree with you, you know, even to look at that cross-subsidized structure and where there is the emphasis on where you live or affordability and how you weigh up these factors into one unified tariff structure is not an easy thing. It's, it's complex, it's difficult, yeah. but the problem is that the ANC went in the direction they didn't even go the, the, the public sector route. 2000, look at the Municipal Systems Act of 2000 and Municipal Structures Act of 2000. That was it. The Nationalist Party never even went that route with basic services. They just never gave it to black people. But the ANC, everything changed from 2000 with the Municipal Systems and the Structures Act, you see. And uh, you had to therefore pay. It was now crudely now. You didn't get services if you coun't pay. And if you couldn't pay well, then indigency, a, a minuscule amount of free water and electricity. You've got to look at the history of the social movements, in particular the so, anti-privatization so, so forum. Of, is part of your argument the indigent program is not enough? 
No, it's not just not enough materially in terms of the amount yes. of water or electricity, but it's very stigmatizing. It's demeaning. I did research uh, 200 households in Piri Soweto. I talked to people. I'm telling you, so stigmatizing. They said, fuck to hell. Sorry for the language. The yeah, hey, Ibrahim, you're going to get me fired here. So I'm going to pause you there to cool down a bit. Let's take some calls. Yeah, not, let's not speak to... I told you, yeah. that's fine. I apologize yeah. before. That's not, so Wait, let's, that's let's pause there. Happened. Yeah, let's pause there. I want us to take some calls and interact with our listeners. Sipo in Gwebeha. Sipo, good morning. Hi, Baba Kunjani. And Baba Kunjani. Good, good, sir, good, sir. Thank you very much for the topic. I've been longing for it. I've been shouting for it. Some, somehow, you guys are listening. The, the criticism of DDL and, and, and what can that criticism be? I hear Brock is providing some criticism but want to leave the angle that he has taken for another day, the cooperativization or creation of entities by municipalities. I'll leave that one for another day. I'll go to DDM specifically. Yeah. You know, DM is meant to coordinate and congregate uh, 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 different government spheres yeah. and, 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 and entities into specific geographical areas yeah. for, for development. That would be the municipality. But, but, but that DDM, as, as, it's, as it stands, is not working. What, what worked before, something similar to it, uh, is URP urban renewal program which 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 was uh, a test program for for the country to say what else can we do uh, to ensure that we bring in development into previously disadvantaged areas that worked wonders because it impacted in area that i worked in and i worked on, on that program also that's why i've got inmate information about it we, mm. we, we we used to have an under urban renewal program Ministers at a cabinet level, they used to be allocated into these various nodes. And programs and projects that are identified and researched uh, in these nodes will be funded from the fiscal, but they will be discussed at the cabinet level and at the hood. But in a particular area, we need a police station. These are the problems that are presented in the community without the police station. Social development is not in that space. Home affairs is not in that space. So the cabinet will take that decision. Now, Treasury will fund, mm. and a, a specific minister for each department will monitor the program on the ground together with the municipality and the province. And officials from these different spheres of government will work collaboratively on this identified project or program. And it will have milestones. We've seen progress. We've seen areas like Motherwell, which were, were, were characterized as red zone areas by banks. Banks went back to invest. We've seen in massive infrastructure rollout and improvement of social life, creation yeah. of jobs. That, that was the impact of that program. But the DDM, as it stands now, it's this thing of presidents or governments, when they come in and take the office, they want to have their own thing. And this thing is not working. Okay. Because because it's just meetings. Yeah. It's yeah. just meetings. There, <laughs> is no, there, there is no program. Yeah, we're gonna there have to leave no it there. Program. We're very tight on time. Thank you so much for your call. Mazibuko and Lady oh, sorry. Yeah, Mazibuko and Lady Smith, we're very pressed on time. I'm just gonna ask you to be as brief as you possibly can. Thank you very much. I'm the first caller, but I want to say um, um the speaker there is all over. 
He's talking about metros as well as district development models, yeah. which are these two different things. District de- development models are meant for the district municipalities working together with the local municipalities to have one plan, to have all the departments within that district also contributing to that plan of that district. And the driver of the district development model is the mayor. So you've got the committees that need to sit, the technical committee, the asset cluster, and the social committee, and then it gets to the technical committee, which um, the municipal managers and the senior managers of the of the departments, um, um, as well as, as the senior local uh, councillors are sitting, and then it goes uh, to the uh, political a, 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 a forum where it is shared by the district mayor and the reports come in there. The budget then gets into this city. So if you have, he's talking about uh, the, the entities in the metros, it, it has got nothing to do with the district development model. Where yeah. I am sitting, where I am in Uturala district municipality, we have seen it working because the mayor is able to call everyone, all the, the departments to say, come here. Even the, the, the justice, the, the police come yeah. and report how many cases are there, what needs to be done so that you can resolve those, those cases. The district development model can work if people um, uh, 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 can contribute to it. But if yeah. people, uh, the gentleman who can say that he has never lived in the township, you know, I've lived in the township for the, uh, all of my life. So yeah. I know what is happening. We're going to have to leave. Yeah, we're going to have to leave it there, Mazabuka. Thank you so much for your call, Mama. Really, really, really do appreciate it. Ibrahim, we're very pressed on time, so I'm going to give you 30 seconds to wrap up. Yes, the, you know, the last two speakers, the one said the district development model is working, the other one said it's not. It's very interesting. But I can tell you now the last few seconds, show me one area. doesn't matter where it is in the country where the DDM has been successful. You heard the one guy who spoke after me. He says it's it's failed. And this is the thing. The evidence is palpably clear yeah. that the district development model, despite the reservations of the last, the, the lady who spoke, has not, there's not one instance yeah. that I have seen in the media, for example, that has shown that this thing has worked as it was intended to. Ibrahim, thank you so much for your time. Ibrahim Harvey, really do appreciate you. That's the end of the show. We're going to take a quick break on the other side of that straight into the book reading. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Cheers.